0: Hey, what's going on? It's Eric Dizzy. I want to take time out to say thank you all for um, rocking with the show and try to explain, you know, where I've been. Some of you have been rocking with me since 2015, when I started my first podcast, Ignorant Philosophy. that blossomed into a great show with even greater co-hosts, Keenan, Dynasty, and DJ Boogie Bang. At the end of 2015, being overly ambitious, I messaged Chris Murrow about possibly getting ignorant philosophy onto loudspeakers. Loudspeakers is a podcast network that houses the reed and brilliant idiots. He said no, but was super cool about it. He said that they were looking for their white rabbit when I asked him what he meant by that, he said that they were looking for something that could compete with Mark Marin, who had just had Obama on his podcast. I went back to the drawing board. In 2016, an associate of mine by the name of Cam had started doing makeup for Issa Rae. She virtually introduced me to Benoni Tego. Hey. What's up? It's Cam. You know, I'm doing Issa's makeup and everything, and I think it's a good idea that you talk with her partner, Benoni. Who is that? Benoni is the president of Issa Rae's record label, Radio. He worked with Issa Rae on Aqua Black Girl and was behind the scenes helping her develop her record label while her TV show, Insecure, was going crazy on HBO. Later that year, we hung out at the podcast convention in Chicago. We talked every day about podcasting and how our culture, black culture, would be affected by it. In one of these conversations, he told me that Issa Rae had an audio drama coming called Fruit. He also told me that he saw podcasting shifting into audio dramas and that I should shift with it if I could. Yo, E, you should definitely get into audio dramas because it's audio first and not visual. You're able to create any world that you could ever imagine. So if you want to create a world that's underwater, you can do that. If you wanted to create something that's in space, you can do that. It's just all about how you create the sound around the project that you're looking to make. So I did. I had a blog back in 2009. On that blog, I wrote about any and everything. I even dabbled in short erotic stories. So... I took some of those erotic stories and converted them into script. Since my wife was a fan of erotic fiction, I talked with her nightly about how I could tie these stories together to make a bomb-ass storyline. And man, did she help me. She saved me from every bad idea I had. (laughs) After I had a few episodes complete, I had lunch with Brittany Ray, who would help me not only finish writing the season, but help me find the lead character, Brooklyn, who played Jessica. I'm not gonna lie though, None of this shit was easy. I haven't been able to focus on ignorant philosophy or Black Widow since 2019. And for that, I'm sorry. My father-in-law was diagnosed with cancer in October of 2019. In February of 2020, my wife and I had our first kid, COVID lockdown happened in March, I got married in July, and my sister-in-law got diagnosed with cancer in October of 2020. 2021 ended with both my sister-in-law and my father-in-law passing in December, 10 days apart. But But wait, wait. (laughs) there's more. more, more. My wife and I recently had twins In in April. Yes, it's been fucking crazy. I really tried to be consistent with both shows. I really did, but it became very overwhelming. I am a perfectionist when it comes to content creating, if you haven't noticed, and I didn't feel like I was delivering. Like, on nothing. My heart just wasn't in it anymore. So I took a break. But when I tried to pick it back up, it didn't feel the same. One of the people I grew insanely close to during this time is Liz Sims. Liz is a bomb-ass writer who was helping me with Black Widow. I told her I wanted to try something new, and she suggested that we try true crime. I really think we should try true crime. I'm sure we can kill it. Liz studied history in college, so she had the experience needed to pull it off. After a few weeks of research and rewrites, she sent me episode one. And that shit was fire. Fire. Without her knowing, I sent the pilot to my cousin Derek, who, like Liz, is a true crime fanatic. He asked if he could make a suggestion. I said, yeah. And he added a splash of magic that made it even more fire. Shit was amazing. And just like that, I was inspired again. The new show is called The Real Monsters, a true crime show that focuses on killers that impact black and brown communities. If you would like to show support, please subscribe to The Real Monsters in your favorite podcast app. We also have a Patreon page where you can financially support us as well as hear each episode ad-free. And because you have been rocking with me and my team and my friends for all this time, here's a sneak preview of The Real Monsters. Enjoy. 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 Mic placement, but you got to talk into that part right there. No. Warning. This podcast includes content for a mature audience, including themes of violence, murder, and sexual assault. Please, listen with caution, and listen with headphones. Did you know monsters are (laughs) real? We have all asked our parents to walk to the corner store, begged for a little bit of change to buy candy or ice cream, alone and unsupervised. We are all guilty of this. I mean, why wouldn't we be? It's a rite of passage, a sign of independence. The first big moment of being a big kid is walking to the store and back, hearing the infamous speech. Now go straight there and straight back. back. Don't talk to no strangers or get nobody's car. And I want all my change back too. A moment that has happened a million times, to a million people, and has never ended in rape, murder, or both. It was the summer of 1984. The Midwest city of Gary, Indiana was no stranger to the sounds of black joy. Cars passed by blasting WGCI, while little boys played catch. And the little girls play double dutch in the middle of the street. Tamika Turks, age seven, and her aunt, Annie Hillard, who was nine, doll balls bounce to the rhythm of their own beat. The sun lightly bronzed their faces as they are coming out of the corner store. Candy in hand, big grins beaming with black girl magic. But no one would ever imagine. Their grins would never be as bright as that summer sun again. My auntie, I wanted bubblegum. But you can't have no bubblegum. But why? Because you always swallow. The 29-year-old Alton Coleman and 21-year-old Deborah Brown saw the girls emerge from the candy store. They were instinctively drawn to their innocence, as if the girls' magic pulled them closer. Hey. Wait up. Uh, keep walking, T.T. Deborah abruptly cut the girls off while Alton approached them from behind. No. No, it's okay. We came to get y'all. Yeah, y'all mama sent us for you. Uh, but we don't know you. And my mama's enough to talk to strangers. (laughs) Well, see, I'm dear. That's my friend Alton. He looks scary, but don't worry. He is so nice. I am a really nice guy. I got you two brand new clothes to try on. He sure does. I was there when your mom told me y'all sizes. And they some real pretty dresses too. Look, if it makes you feel any better, Deb can just go. I can stay back and link with y'all later. Come on, y'all. I know a shortcut to your house. Follow me. It's right across those woods. Ew, get away from us. Deborah escorted the wide-eyed girls through the heavily wooded area. Alton reappeared, surprisingly. <laughs> while Deborah tied them to a tree, Alton began to cut Tamika Turk's shirt with a pocket knife. Fearing for her life, Annie remained frozen in silence while the younger Tamika cried uncontrollably. They had to quiet Tamika, or they risk getting caught abducting the girls. Debra untied Tamika, laid her down on the ground, placed her hands over her mouth and nose, but Tamika's sobs still escaped. Alton's rage quickly escalated. He began stomping Tamika's face and chest repeatedly until her small body was lifeless. Annie quickly learned that crying or screaming was not going to save her. She believed she was the next to die she watched Alton and Deborah drag her beloved niece's body away. The couple raped Annie in the woods only a few feet away from the body of Tamika Turks. Hoping to murder her too, Alton placed his belt around her neck and strangled her. Annie passed out into a deep sleep. Assured they were successful, Alton and Deborah left her for dead. But Annie was still alive. She woke up hours later, still in the woods, still near Tamika's body. What she had hoped was a terrible nightmare, she now realized was a terrible reality. Annie searched for Deborah and Alton before she fled to the nearest street. It was not long before a resident passing by saw Annie walking alongside the road. They pulled over to help. The rips in her clothing, belt marks around her neck, and the distress over her face was alarming enough for them to contact the authorities. But by the time the police had enough information to arrest the couple, they were long gone. She had multiple contusions about her. She had a cord around her neck, and she had a footprint on her chest, and her right hand was tied with evidently a piece of her shirt. Hello, I am Eric Aaron, and welcome to the first episode of The Real Monsters. In this episode, we will discuss the life and crimes of Alton Coleman and Deborah Brown. This episode includes themes such as violence, murder, and sexual assault which may not be suitable for listeners under the age of 13. Please listen with caution. Deborah Brown met the older Alton Coleman in the fall of 1983. Alton was a charmer, a man that was known for his way with words. His words had a value far beyond sweet nothings he made people feel comfortable. That he was worthy of their trust, especially women. Most black women will fall in love with a charming and handsome man, and Deborah was no different. She fell in love so much so that she left her family and fiancé for him. Their infamy began in the summer of 1984, when they went on the run for the abduction and murder of Renita Whelan of Kenosha, Wisconsin. Many would question, how could any person murder a child? Let alone, how could a woman help a man murder an innocent nine-year-old girl? In her book, Good Girls Gone Bad, Susan Nettler found that incarcerated women fit in several categories. One being the romantic interest Meaning, many women would team up with men and get involved in their criminal activities as a way to keep them romantically involved. They end up in prison for crimes they might not have otherwise committed. Deborah was the ride or die chick Alton needed. She was not only his girlfriend, she was his accomplice. In fact, Deborah was questioned at Alton Coleman's grandmother's apartment about his whereabouts in the case of Vernita Wheat. I'm coming. Fuck. I knew it. The sheriff's Department, open up. Yes? Good evening, ma'am. Open the door. We have a warrant. Deborah removed the security chain and opened the door with her body planted in the entryway to block the police access into the apartment. She knew why they were there and she knew exactly what to say. Ma'am, are you home alone? No, Big Ma's in the back room. Anyone else? No, what's this about? Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you saw Alton Coleman? We know he's supposed to be staying here. Alton ain't been around here since he came to get his clothes for court or something. Well, if he comes by here, make sure you give us a call because it's very urgent. Mm. Okay, I'll call you if I see him. Hang tight. We 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 may need you to come to the station with us. I here. Well, we, we might need another vehicle. On my way, ma'am. We'll be in touch. Thank you for your time. That shit fire, ain't it? That shit fire. I told you that shit fire. Liz and Derek did a phenomenal job with the writing. The actors did a phenomenal job with the acting. and I did a phenomenal job putting it all together. Um, If you like it, please share it with your friends. Tell the world about it. Put it in Instagram stories. Share it on Twitter. Share it on Facebook. Text it to people. Become a patron. Help us make it become the biggest show ever. Black Widow and Ignorant Philosophy are not done. I just fell in love with something new. And I hope you guys enjoy this until I bring the other shows back. Again, share it with your friends, share it with your people. The Real Monsters on your favorite podcast app. Thank you.